Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Uh, I'm Kate Kolzik. Allison is on assignment this week, but joining me, the Tyrone to my Pacifica, it's Noel Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Noel, how's it going this week? Welcome to week 50 of Streaming in Place. Whoa. I say, how are we dealing with the fact that we're around back to March yet? <laughs> I, I, I told my partner that we were approaching a year doing in streaming in place, and she mm-hmm. just went, wait, did you start it that early in the pandemic? And I was just like, yes. Kate texted Alice and I like two weeks, a week into the whole thing, and we're just like, we're doing this. And <laughs> it was just like, yeah, yeah. I try not to think about it, even though I'm still keeping track. I'm on mm-hmm. day 352, I think. Okay of being in lockdown. Um, So, yeah. No, I don't want to talk about this anymore, Kate. I want to talk about Gravity Falls. Which episodes are we talking about? We're talking about Gravity (laughs) Falls, Season 1, Episodes uh, uh, 7 and 8, Double Dipper, and Irrational Treasure. But before we can talk about them, I need to get your thoughts on the previous Mm -hmm. two episodes, because you were not able to join us. We had the inconveniencing and Dipper versus Manliness. So any quick thoughts, takeaways on those two episodes? Right, so I really remember Dipper versus Man- Manliness really clearly um, for any number of reasons that both you and Allison kind of dug into. Is um, all the Manitars are just amazing and terrible, and I love all of them. They're very precious boys, but also the multi bear with that beautiful, beautiful, subtle, nuanced performance from Alfred Molina as a multi headed bear. Uh, it's just it's beautiful. Um, I didn't remember the inconveniencing as well, but it was still really, really good and really, really funny. Um, to your point, it is maybe a conjuring haunting type of connection. I don't know. Okay, so the haunting is a thing? Yeah, the haunting is definitely a thing. It's, um, whatchamacallit, yeah. So, um, it's one of the many different adaptations of Haunting on Hill House or, uh, Jackson's story. Um, so, yeah, no, it could be any number of, like, haunted house type of deals, but it's very, very good and it's very silly. And, yeah, no, I'm, I still have nightmares about that guy that becomes a hot dog it's just like nope <laughs> yep nope that's not what you want like nope. none of it those not what you like want. haunting fates are good but i feel like nope. that's the most disturbing uh mm-hmm. getting eaten by you know sam the toucan is or not sam the not toucan <laughs> is less disturbing than that one um well th- we're, we're gonna move swiftly on here and i will say we are joined as ever uh, by the fabulous marcus but we we're also joined today by keenan uh in the chat and keenan has not seen Gravity Falls beyond what we're talking about. Marcus has, but we will be keeping things for the benefit of the listeners who are watching along for the first time. And also Keenan will be keeping things spoilery, uh, spoiler free, sorry, uh, very specifically, uh, because as we've been kind of hinting about, there's an episode coming up soon that we're very excited. I'm very excited about. Uh, Marcus is very excited about. No, I'm assuming you're also very excited about because there is uh, there's a missing piece of the Gravity Falls puzzle that's going to click into place soon. So, with that tease yeah. out of the way, let's talk about these episodes. Uh, and actually, I'm going gonna to start things with a little bit of a downer, because I mostly really enjoyed Double Dipper and Irrational Treasure, but mm-hmm. goodness knows I did not expect to be really troubled by one part of Double Dipper, which is that their copier, like, you know, you've got your magic copier thingy that copies people, mm-hmm. and the notion of a paper jam in the copier is, and what, what would that do, is an interesting and fun idea, but having it manifest as a clone dipper 
with developmental disabilities is not funny or interesting. And the dipper, that dipper dying with, it's better, I'm better off this way, is also really, really disturbing. And eugenics, in a way that I, I really want to think they just didn't consider or think about it, speaks to a massive blind spot on the part of the writers. And so that kept it kept taking me out of it. Um, Keenan says, yeah, that wasn't great. Also, what felt like extreme transphobia about Glenda... Um, the the friend you know the friend group yes the 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 lines about how uh, that character used to um, say, you know sing until her voice changed and got lower yeah that like it's it's not it's not great and I, 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 I it's always tricky for me with these types of characters because I think there you know there's a representational thing to be said for you know teen girls tween girls. Who are bigger? Who are taller? Who are who have lower voices? And I think it's important for them to be heroes and characters that, that are part of our storytelling as well. Grenda, sorry, Noel says, um, and uh, and I don't think this is mocking her, but I, I'm certainly my antenna is up for that, and I'm a little concerned about that moving forward. Um, Marcus says having them voiced by cis adult males isn't necessary. That's true. But also, uh, Linda on Bob's Burgers is voiced by an adult cis male. Tina, and, too. And Tina, and they do a great job. So, like, to me, that, like, yes, I hear you. I see I see that issue. And I would love to hear from listeners how they feel about this, um, especially on such a kid-friendly and, in general, like, very accepting and supportive and positive show like Gravity Falls and inclusive. Um yeah, Keenan says, the whole, you sound like a wrestler, ha ha ha, not cool, I completely agree, um, absolutely. Uh, so there there are some problems I had with this episode, I think the rest of the episode is delightful around it, but it definitely was like, uh, I did not remember this, splash to the face of cold water, how did, how did, how did those aspects of this uh, episode Double Dipper work for you, or did they, did they strike you as strongly, or did you remember them from the first time you were watching Noel? So I vaguely remember the stuff about Grinda. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm, like, 90% positive it's a bit of a runner across the show, um, so I think we should just all strap ourselves in for that, um, because my general recollection is that there's a number of jokes about Grinda's deep voice and size across, I think, the series, um, so none of it's good. Um, the, the, the clone, the Paper Jam clone was very much a... Definitely sort of probably a blind spot and an unintended thing. Doesn't make it any better. Doesn't excuse it. Because it's just still... It's very much a trope with these kinds of things, right? Where there's always a clone that comes out bad. Air quotes. Um, that either just some sort of the process didn't work out. Like, I think that there's one in, like, Multiplicity, the Michael Keaton movie. Um, and then there's always some kind of clone that isn't up to snuff, again, air quotes, um, within these kinds of narratives. So it's very much they wanted to make sure that there was the trope there. And they hit it without really thinking about how that plays. Um, even in terms of just a how this plays right now. Um, when they were making this, um, as opposed to, well, is this trip still valid? Is it still useful? Was it ever useful? Um, and what kind of humor do we get out of it? And 
I think that there's a degree of like horror humor, but it's the trade-off for it isn't necessary. Um, in terms of does the episode still work without this? Yeah, no, it completely works if you eliminate the paper jam. Um, there's nothing that the episode detracts from. No one learns a lesson um, about acceptance and tolerance through this. It, it they're just, not a character. They're, they're not a character, contribute. right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that excising the paper jam doesn't cost the episode anything. So it would have been great to get rid of it, but they were just too beholden, I think, to this type of narrative that they didn't think about giving it up because, again, it's just so baked in to, we're going to clone, I'm going to clone myself 80 times. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, the rest of our episode is very much centered on, you know, a few things. First of all, we introduce... Pacific Northwest, as we've already mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, Top tier villain, as yeah, Keenan notes. As Keenan notes. Yeah, there's some quality vi- villains in Gravity Falls. Keenan, I'm curious how you felt about uh, Gideon, little Gideon. Um, and, I'm just uh, a tomato farmer. <laughs> who we will get to shortly, yes, in the next episode. Um, and, uh, and uh, oh, Keenan says, Gideon struck me with horror, good heavens. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Uh, more on that later. I need some water here. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, but the the that was a big part of it. Establishing Mabel's like friend circle for you know future episodes and for the run. I'm very excited to see them established, and I love that they have their. You know, that she doesn't win, <laughs> but she still wins because yes. she has friends now. Uh-huh. She, uh, and it's delightful. I, you know, it's such a, it already falls in such a Mabel um, perspective on it, which is terrific. So it's, it's super, super delightful and fun. And then we get more with our Dipper has a crush on Wendy stuff. Mm-hmm. I did, and you know, there's, it's fun watching this so close together as we keep commenting on Noel, uh, as opposed to how we originally watched it, uh, because you get to see more of these threads and, and how well certain of these episodes pair back to back to back. Um, did you have any other ep- uh, thoughts on this episode and these different portions of it and, and continue to build out our sense of Gravity Falls, the, the, the community? Right. And I think community plays a big part in the next episode. So I'll save kind of thoughts um, about the community for um, Irrational Treasure. But I think that... Um, Mabel getting um, friends and developing friends in Grinda and Candy, both of whom I adore. Like, they're just wonderful characters. Um, I remember them being wonderful characters anyway. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and I was very excited that I'd kind of forgotten that they were introduced in this episode. So I was just like, oh, yay, they're here. <laughs> yay. Because um, they're great. Um, but all the stuff around Dipper and Wendy, I think, works generally really well as a kind of, again, Dipper's constantly the butt of the jokes in this whole overthink, very deeply neurotic approach to trying to talk to someone. Um, down to number nine, talk to her like she's a normal person. Um, it's just like, but that's, that's step nine. I can't jump ahead in the plan. Um, and just all this kind of, that kind of process work and then watching how they use that clone narrative to poke fun at that and him come to self-actualization by talking to at least 10 copies of himself. Um, oh, when he tries to pass him off as number seven. (laughs) It's just so good. So I really like how they bake that in and how he is just constantly... Being sort of like almost, I don't want to say punished, but 
he comes to realizations about masculinity, about his weird approach to everything that's part of it's because he's 12 but a part of it is also just this is how i think this is supposed to work because media has taught me that this is how this is supposed to work and or society has taught me how this is supposed to work so i really like how especially dipper versus manliness and um double dipper really kind of push back against that kind of approach and that kind of a mentality um both with humor but also with a fair amount of grace um so I really appreciated it. Yeah. And it's also just a great visualization and, like, use of a genre trope to, like, to, to connect this idea of, like, the the cascading thoughts and, like, the, the looping, ver- like, logic that can really get in your own way. Uh, it's, so, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. That's a really it, good point. It's just, it's, you know, like, there's all these different voices inside your head, all these conflicting instincts and everything. And just, you know, sometimes like, oh, just be yourself. That's not helpful when there's ten other dippers standing in the hallway blocking your way, you know. It's a very literal uh, embodiment of that concept, and I think it works really mm-hmm. well. Uh, especially, like, that's the kind of thing that works really well with Dipper. And, like, if Mabel cloned herself, she would just have an arts and crafts fair it would be very very different and they would all be doing their own thing and supporting each other and the only fight would be if there was a shortage on glitter um so yeah i think it's it's a it's it's that thing where i always appreciate about genre fiction um you know sci-fi and fantasy and stuff where they they take uh the the abstract concept and make it very very little very very Mm -hmm. literal for people who maybe don't experience that it's like it's like this yep. <laughs> holds up the picture of this episode um yeah well let's get over to our second episode which is Irrational treasure um and uh we oh also by the way points to allison for calling several things she pretty much i think she pretty much gets a call out for both of these mm-hmm. with her predictions so so tip of the hat tip of the top hat uh, to Allison. So the congressman's Allison. hat. The, to- the congressperson's hat. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so just if, the, if there's a lesson we take away from this, it's, Mabel, don't you dare lose your silliness. <laughs> Never. You keep that sweater on. Yeah, I always forget how weird it is when Mabel's not in a quirky sweater. And it how was, I got so sad. It. Yeah, I don't care for it. I don't like it. Don't do it again. <laughs> Um, like with a tie around her waist, you know, and stuff. it's just like, that is such a thing, right? Obviously, any, we've all done that, but it, and so it feels very natural, but also it just looks so wrong. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, so you yeah, can get your kooky self back on. You put those Doritos or whatever corn, corn cornos or whatever they were back yeah. on your ears. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah, they were like corn nachos or something. I forget what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, nacho earrings, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what, what did you think of our uh, our? I, I think like we've got our whole national treasure thing. Um, <laughs> Q says I will never think of Mabel now without thinking of her in her sweater at the dance, studiously hopping across the floor on her hands and doing the worm. Yes, the dance off was very good. Uh, this yes, it was, it was quality. She was she was very determined, as Q says. Um, th- we had our national treasure like heist, like you know, con. I, don't know, I guess heist, but it's not a heist. What's, what's no. What, it's a treasure hunt. This? Hunt, I guess. Treasure hunt. I don't know what else we call this. Caper. Caper's good. Marcus with the with the save. Thank you. Caper. Um, and I, I love the idea that only someone as silly as Quentin Tremblay III um, could have 
you know, deciphered the clues. Um, I, I love how Dipper is ready to burn their only clue in immediately. <laughs> well, again, because it's such a genre trope, you have to burn everything to get They literally the did that on Batwoman this week. So, yeah. Um, delightful. Uh, but I also really liked the flavor text of all the Pioneer's Pioneer Day stuff and mm-hmm. and our, our runners with with uh, Grunkle Stan and the tomatoes and Gideon and all these other characters popping back up. Uh, did you have a preferred part of this episode? Were you more following the a plot with the kids, or were you more entertained by all the 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 you get the flavor text with the town? Well, I think the flavor text with the town is important enough because it kind of bakes into the entire thing of everything about Gravity Falls is a lie. Um, and we are all buying into it down to the fact that you can still get married to a woodpecker, but only one day a year. Um, but it's legal after that. It's just like, no, no, it's not. It's It's not. not. It's not a thing. Um, but good for you under, under president Trimley's rule, that would have been fine because he wanted to legalize everything. Um, so, but yeah, I think that. It's all kind of like, it, you can't have one without the other for me in this episode. Um, so while I think that the flavor text is funny and useful, and I like Stan pilloried and everything, um, the actual caper, to continue using Marcus's word because it's perfect here, uh, it's just really delightful. And the fact that we get like a lot of weird sort of mythology type stuff getting baked into this on top of just really silly, stupid stuff um, from the very easily deciphered clues to the brittle as a form of preservation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's just all really, really solid stuff. And I like that the way in which it also helps recontextualize our two police force um, folks as well. Um, who are Sheriff Blubbs and Deputy Durland. Right, and Blubbs voiced just so beautifully by Kevin Michael Richardson. I just love Kevin Michael Richardson so much. <laughs> um, but he's very good in this. Yeah, well, and the Debbie's just so excited about his bell. So excited about that bell. He's he's so excited about it. But he also just took all those darts. Just mm-hmm. all those darts. Now, he, now he's colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I think, a good blend of silliness. Silly and real. Right, so mm-hmm. the stuff that Mabel's dealing with is very real, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of us will recognize those, you know, those beats and those emotions and feelings from, you know, being a teen. Like, I always, I mean, I'm sure it's different for, for everyone, but for me, the the hardest years are those middle school years, man. Like, by the time you get to high school, hopefully, unless you're, you know, in a particularly unfortunate community, like, there's just so many more people in your high school that people they kind of... Hopefully leave each other alone. You can find your people. But in middle school, like when you're a tweet, oh man, those are rough years. Um, yeah. So so yeah, that that insecurity and and, and if our character who's usually the most carefree and the most secure, uh, it, it's very that's very real. So connecting it with this absolutely ridiculous. It's the the angel is uh, picking my nose, and of course I can't be the only one who had a Doctor Who moment, right? Don't blink um, there, but. It's just it's just absolutely ridiculous, and I think if you had this storyline with Mabel paired with something less, like this emotional through line for her, paired with something less out there, it wouldn't necessarily, it might be a bit too sour, too, too, too heavy, a bit too much, but because it's so ridiculous, for me it really, really works. 
Yeah, it does. And I think that they find a really good balance in that. And you play off of that almost, even if Grenda and Candy aren't mentioned in this episode. It's an undercurrent, really, of, like, Mabel just made friends because of who Mabel is. Mm-hmm. And this entire episode is about her not wanting to be who she is. Um, but then constantly validating that those decisions are exactly what are necessary, in no small part because it provides a balance to Dipper and each of them foils the other, but that there's a place for Mabel's perspective and outlook. Yeah. In the world, but very specifically within Gravity Falls. Um, even down to like her, like her kindness and this idea of, yeah, I don't really need to tell Pacifica about this anymore. And Dipper's like, hell no, we're telling her. <laughs> Why does nobody tell your revenge is so awesome? <laughs> yeah, I, I really love that beat and the delivery and the timing of it. And, you know, we'll see. I don't remember. We'll see how much that comes back. Oh, it comes back. Like, it resurfaces, I think. Okay. Um, I don't know how soon, but I definitely remember there being an episode about the Northwest's dealing with all of this Mm -hmm. um because how can you not and how could pacifica just not have an identity crisis of course like it's this whole bag she has no other personality other than being horrible tween teenish girl um given her height teen uh tween i should say uh because all the teens are much taller the growth spurts on this show man just brutal just brutal growth spurts that i wish i had experienced (laughs) Uh, we also had some fun with Lil Gideon. I really like him popping up here in just mm-hmm. such a small thing. I, I like as part of the town, just like everybody in this town, we get super into Pioneer Days. Of course, it reminds me of something like you know, uh, like a, those various Star Hollow festivals they have over in Gilmore Girls. It feels very small town. I don't know if that's real, but it feels real. So happy to go with it. Um, and I, I, I like that he is going to pop up, not just as, like, the the villain, the menacing villain, but also as just someone who can throw a tomato at Stan when he's being a jerk, and so therefore will. Also props to Stan for writing You Stink with his mouth. <laughs> I'm super impressive. Like, that is definitely up there with being able to do some sort of weird cherry straw, um, cherry uh, stem tongue-tying yeah. type stuff, like doing a little balloon animal-esque thing with your tongue. Um, spelling out You Stink is just great. I mean, nothing better than that. And he should be impressed by that. He should be quite... He, that should definitely go on his LinkedIn. Yeah. That he definitely has. <laughs> Special skill. Hayden uh, says, I am dying for more information about, one, why is his hair white? And two, the journal. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's probably not significant. I can't, I wouldn't leave, read too much into the journal thing at all. I'm sure it's, it won't come back at all. Not mm-mm. even a little bit. Not going to be important. Uh, it's not not like there, there's a one with the number one floating around on it or anything like that. No. Why would there be a one? There's a two and a three, and that's all that there are journal-wise. Everyone there. knows one's a fake number anyway. It's not a number. It's not a thing. Um, yes. Very excited uh, for that. But, uh, yeah, there, there's, uh, like, just, <laughs> I, I, I like how Stan is just such this delightful curmudgeon, but also I think we can all... I think we've all been in those situations where you're like, you're not, you're a mechanic and my car's busted. Can we just, oh my God, just stop doing the accent and help me. <laughs> so I appreciate him being on both like sides of that exchange. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what is a car? Oh, shut up. Just fix my car. <laughs> 
Um, did you have any other moments in this episode that stood out that you particularly enjoyed? It like the absolute uh, just like don't think about it of of what happens at various points in this is um, ridiculous. Like. Uh, th- that you just have to be willing to, like, nope, Poochie went home to his home planet and nobody's talked about it ever again, or Armington Zarian, right? Um, yeah. But I still am very much okay with it because of the energy of the show. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the show really balances that kind of continuity, or not even continuity, but tonal type of deal, really, really well because what this ep- what uh, Irrational Treasure especially establishes is that. Gravity Falls' rules, or the the town's rules, but by extension the show's rules, are all very kind of flexible. Um, in part because, the like I said, the entire town is a lie. Um, so building on that community, I think, is really, really interesting. And how that both opens you up to do all sorts of wild stuff, including, like, from the Twin Peaks Club to the fact that there's just this abandoned storage warehouse on the outskirts of town... All this sort of stuff doesn't make sense, except that it totally makes sense because it's one of those Gravity Falls is nothing and everything type of deals. And I really love that because it, A, allows them to do whatever, but also you get the sense that nothing is there without a purpose. It's not like one of those, it's not like a show where the sh- the town is so open that because we decided to do X premise, we need a thing there that we will never, ever mention again, except things come back and recur. Um, so I think that that approach works really, really well for Gravity Falls, and it just makes it more exciting to watch and to start, like, doing conspiracy board theory stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, there will be more of that. <laughs> well, uh, Marcus and Keenan, if you have any final thoughts, please go ahead and, and drop, drop them in the chat. Um, so we've got our next two episodes coming up, which we'll talk about on Wednesday, which are The Time Traveler's Pig yes. and Fight Fighters. So yes. uh, do you have any spoiler-free thoughts on these episodes? Um, no, I do not. Um, I will say that Fight Fighters is definitely a episode that was very much made for me. I very much looking forward to rewatching it. Um, I'm hoping it holds up. Um, and the time traveler's pig is just, I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited for that little piece to come into play. Um, yeah, yeah I'm very looking excited. forward to it. Looking forward to it uh, on Wednesday and getting to talk about it and everything. So I may just go watch those right after we finish. Yeah. Recording. I'm probably going to, I'm actually probably going to watch them while I eat my soup. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So thank you, uh, again, Marcus and Keenan for joining us today and sharing your thoughts in the chat. Always a pleasure to, to hear from you guys and, and get your takes on your viewing. Um, and yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday, uh, with, with our next two episodes and with Allison and, uh, Looking forward to it. Okay. Or Allison 2. Or Allison 2 or Allison 4. Uh, certainly not Allison 3. Cause the, or se- uh, Sorry, certainly not Allison 7. Because the 7 is a lie. That's not really Allison 7. But anyways, more on that on Wednesday when we get Allison's take on these episodes. Uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.